When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Neve Kavanagh. And I'm Gerald Farrelly. And you are listening to Agony Rants. Ho, ho, ho. This is our Christmas episode. Yay! Yay! And we are very excited. Yeah. About, are you excited about Christmas, Neve? Uh, yeah, I am, actually. I am very much uh, excited. I mean, I'm going to be working quite a bit of it, but yeah. I have a nice little section of time off. And unlike previous years, um, you know, normally you'd be traumatised having to get the, you know, the Santa presents and all that. Obviously, now it's slightly different because obviously we're on Chris Kindles everywhere and the boys are men now. So what they want is money. OK, so you're just essentially writing two checks. Basically. Uh, yeah. And so it's a lot easier in that sense. So but I am still cooking dinner for everybody. But I do love that. I do love it. That's your routine every year, isn't it? You you're always like the. Uh, yeah, I cook. You cook. I, I, I'm like Stephen Seagal. I also cook. <laughs> no, I, I cook. I like to cook. That was from Under Siege, by the way. <laughs> and it's like, I, I like to cook. So I actually quite like that process. It doesn't stress me. I mean, you know, I'll next week now I'm going to have the gravy made ahead. I'm going to have the pigs oh. and blankets in the freezer. All that goes in the freezer. That comes out the day before. But I just love the smell of the turkey in the house. And I love everybody sitting down. And then we have... Lots of games. Like my friend Sarah is the laugh. Like she's really competitive. And yeah, I mean, she's really still traumatized by the fact she still hasn't beat me at Yahtzee yet. But, you know, the thing is, <laughs> we, and I only learned it. Like I, I'd never played it before. But I, uh, we are very competitive as a group. It's good crack. And the kids all went to school together. So they all have a bit of a laugh. And, you know, so it's nice when you have a big gang. So it's an idyllic family Christmas. Yeah, is what yeah. There. I mean, you know, to be fair, Paul and I will not speak to each other by the end of the day. But oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> But it'll be good. You know, we'll make up. We'll make yeah. up. It'll be fine. Uh, He'll yeah. be asleep for most of it anyway. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I sometimes I'm never sure how I feel about Christmas. Like sometimes I'm really looking forward to it. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, I really feel like I'm looking in the barrel of a gun. Oh, why? What's <laughs> going to happen? <laughs> what happens in I your know, life? I mean, like, I, I'm. it's really weird. It was only a couple of years ago. I used to always be one of those people where I was like, oh, my God, I love Christmas. I love Christmas. And then it was I remember I had a moment about, I'd say, three years ago when I was on Grafton Street the mm -hmm. day before Christmas Eve with loads of stuff and I realised, oh my God, I actually hate this. <laughs> I, like, what is it about it I like? I re like, I, I love the build up without the shopping. Mm. Like, I do like walking, you know, down Grafton Street and there's the lights and all yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, it's funny. I did once go to the turning, have you ever gone to the turning on of the Grafton Street lights? No. I'm usually busy in my career. I... <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> wow. It might be Christmas, but Neve Kavanagh can still land a smack. <laughs> well, I went one year, right? And I'll tell you what happened. Oh, yeah. I was standing up beside the Christmas tree. Okay, right up against. Yeah, so okay, at the okay. Christmas tree, and they set up a stage, um, mm. and the Christmas tree lights were on. Okay. Oh, okay. And Brian Kennedy got up and sang a song that was a good 20, 25 minutes long. Okay. Yeah. It, but it was very, it was very theatrical. He, has a cape, he had a cape on. It was very exciting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then there was a countdown. All of the assembled crowd that were looking at the Christmas tree uh, counted down. And then the lights turned on behind them. Oh, yes. Okay. Because it's the whole street. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So anybody that was there Didn't to see the lights see it. missed it. <laughs> like literally everybody missed it. And I remember coming away from that going, I don't know what that was. <laughs> there was there was there wasn't quite a forethought in that. <laughs> I'll never forget as long as I live. So they were kind of in the vicinity of the lights being turned on. Yeah, they were in the area when they were turned on, but if you were in any way engaged in what was going on, you one hundred percent missed it. You completely missed what you were there to see. <laughs> To be fair, I, I, I once did a gig for the hospice and they lit a tree there and that was very emotional. <clears throat> I remember that was singing You Light Up My Life, you know, surprisingly. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it was kind of, it was a lovely moment and I think it actually went, beamed live to the Kenny Live show or something. You know, it was, a, it was one of these really big events and it was really lovely. Other than that, really, I didn't see the, I, I used to bring the kids in to see the lights, obviously. You know, you want them to yeah, see the yeah. displays. I mean, gosh, when I was growing up, you came in to see the, the, the window in Switzers, like, you know, which, which is Brian Thomas now. But you know what I mean? The, all those windows were done up fantastic. Everywhere. I remember we were brought to the moving crib. Do you remember the moving crib? Oh, the moving crib. <laughs> yes. The Jesus. moving crib. <laughs> that not, was. As if you're not freaking out. It was essentially a crib that was moving. It was like everything was battery operated or something. Yeah. But I remember going and the baby Jesus was missing a head. And the donkey kept leaning in to the crib. So like thought that he'd a, eaten the so head. So I was like, has the donkey eaten the baby oh, Jesus? No. What? But did you go before Christmas? Because now the baby Jesus shouldn't have been there before Christmas. Oh, he was. The baby Jesus was there. Well, I mean, most of them was. <laughs> <laughs> or he had been. Did you ever go to Midnight Mass? Oh, God. Do you remember when Midnight Mass was Midnight Mass, right? You know, it I, was I, Midnight. I never went to when it was Midnight Mass. I did, because I'm that old. But you, you will probably miss that out, because then obviously they didn't want the drunks in there, so they kind of get, <laughs> it gets earlier every year to because me. Because we probably, it would have been the same church. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I remember we used to go at... <laughs> We used to go to midnight mass, but it was at six o'clock or no, or it wasn't as early or, as that. It, no, it was, it was eight, or, eight or nine o'clock at night. Yeah, it, yeah. it definitely wasn't nine because I remember we'd be we'd be home and all by nine. Ah, jeez. But I like I I I made my stand. I used that was my one ceremonial mass I used to go to, like you know the lip service. Yeah. Um, and I I stopped in 2015 because it got all political. I was like, if you're Did if you're you? known the marriage referendum, I'll never darken the door. Um. <laughs> so, so it's like those. This is priests, not this kind of podcast. It is, it's, <laughs> I, I swear to God, it is. It is now. <laughs> so it's like I'm never, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna do any lip service anymore. Yeah. So I stopped. I used to have this awful thing that would happen during Oh Holy Night. 
Right. That's my song at Christmas. I sing that every Christmas Eve. You can sing. (laughs) The poor woman. Like, I mean, I think she used to work up to this all year Mm. that used to sing this and she would beat it to death. Yeah, but now the only thing about a whole night, right? A lot of key changes. A lot of key. It's big. It's a big. And not only that, they never, I don't know if you know this about church songs. They don't put it in a key that suits either men or women. No, they put it, they put it. <laughs> I they, think they're trying to please everybody. They put it in the key that the organist can play. Yes. It's like, <laughs> it's this Bernie, <laughs> get on board. Yeah, <laughs> or, get, or you're losing your solo. Yeah. So this poor woman would work up to it. But I, <laughs> it started very, like the second last time I went, I got the giggles, the minor giggles, right? Oh no. But the last time I went, right, and my mother did ask me to leave the church. <gasps> That's how bad it was. Was it that bad? Yeah, I, oh no. You see, I was anticipating the giggles. Okay. Because I was like, this is where I got the giggles last year. And then they started to... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know, the way because everything starts with an arpeggio. And then she's rolling up her sleeves and taking her breath and you're going, oh Jesus, this is going to be bad. And I could feel the giggles coming and they came. And the problem was that I, my brother started mm-hmm. laughing as well. And he's a louder laugher than me. And my mother was furious at the two of us. She said I was a bad influence. Like, he's 32. <laughs> he was 32 when this happened. <laughs> you are a bad influence. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but, but anyway. I enjoy it. So it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, Midnight Mass. I bet you people say that about me now. Oh, it's Neve, Neve Cavanagh now. She's luring herself to be with this filthy comedian, <laughs> destroying her career. No way. No way. They do not, surely. They say, how... How lucky for you, Neve, to be with such a youthful presence. I say that with hesitation, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. I think we might retake that line with a bit more enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> so what we did was we did a shout out on social media and we got... <laughs> <laughs> we did. We put a shout out on social media. Now, is this the giggles you were talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <clears throat> well, shall I sing a holy night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We should, this is the way that's the way we should end Neve. so oh, people can play this on Christmas Eve gosh, we can do no. a holy night we can't be doing that lovely <laughs> where's the arpeggios you do the arpeggios dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Bernie okay go on yeah she took her out to write his meds late <laughs> so she could get through the whole song <laughs> We did a shout out on social media to uh, just to find out what your Christmas traditions were. Mm. And uh, there's a lot of them drink related. Yeah, well. (laughs) Um, First one is Alan. He says, uh, every Christmas morning, my mother insists we go to the local graveyard and visit all the dead relatives. (laughs) Have you ever heard anything more Irish in your life? (laughs) We always try and get a gin into her early as it's the only way she'll stay at home. Well, actually, funny enough, like, A, you're lucky they're only in one graveyard for a start. <laughs> that's, that works out quite handy. Yeah, that's quite nice, you know, all yeah. in one place. It's I have a kind of a similar story, but not kind of graveyard related. But basically, when we were young, my mother used to bring us up to our um, her friends, our best friend, Doris. She passed last year, which we're all devastated by. But Doris was the life and the soul. She had eight children and then us three and then eventually four would, you know, would traipse up there every uh, Christmas morning. And then the two of them would start with a little, a wee Volga, like a little Volga before the dinner. What's a Volga? Vodka. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we'll have a little Volga, Neve. And then not me, obviously. And so, but every sa- that that morning, you would all have to have your song. Now, whether you could sing or not, you had to be a song, right? So everybody sang their song and if you knew it, you jumped in and whatever. And then obviously over the years, 
it went on for years and years. Every Christmas morning we went to Doris's and we loved it. We absolutely loved it, right? And we'd go up there and then we'd all try to escape from the singing so we could go and watch Top of the Pops to see who was number one. That's the way it was. That's how we grew up. It was amazing. And then one year, um, obviously, then the boyfriends started arriving and the girlfriends, because obviously there was eight of them. So that you can imagine they were, oh, burst, yeah, yeah. were burst on scenes. But even the boyfriends and the girlfriends had to sing. And then the <sighs> one poor, unfortunate boyfriend arrived in one time. And, you know, you, you used to try and help them out if you knew the song, but he was actually all the way to the chorus before anybody knew what it was. He was actually singing. It was so bad, oh, like so bad. And he was mortified. But what was even worse was the two old Harridans in the corner sitting there with three vodkas in them, <laughs> laughing their heads up at him after bullying them into singing. Oh, my God. Best, best That is memory. my worst nightmare no it's it was amazing <laughs> it was amazing and, and actually I, we really miss it and I loved all the gang and we still talk about it it was such a fantastic thing but you know my mum used to drag us all places we used to have to have Doris's in the morning we'd go home and have our dinner and then we'd have to go out that night and perform for whoever else that was is it any wonder I am the way I am no it's not <laughs> so be lucky it's only the graveyard in the morning Alan <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, the thing about great, like, I don't know why people do this. Like, because those people are dead all year. Yeah, they are. Like, they're they're also dead two days before Christmas. Like, you can go in, like. Bro, you are heartless. What the hell is I, wrong well, with well, you? Like, I'm just, why on Christmas morn, a day that is like fraught with emotion as it is, do you kind of go, let's, let's start at the lowest point that we can find? No. It's so sad going to graveyards on Christmas Day. It's not always sad. It's um, it's remembering oh, the person. Says Neve Cavanagh. Only if <laughs> it's not always sad if the person was an absolute prick. Is essentially. <laughs> I did not say that. You yeah, said that. People <laughs> Sometimes it's good to go and say the world is such a better place. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Okay, yeah. so uh, so uh, Donald's is very quick, right? And it says, used to get drunk a lot, quite a lot, and now it's quiet reflection. Donald, I'm I'm happy for you, you know, because actually it's nice to be quietly reflective. On Christmas Day, exactly. On any day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not make fun of Donald? Donald is saying a very real thing here. You don't have to have alcohol to have a lovely day. You absolutely don't. Unless you're having it with your family. <laughs> and if you in any way want to get through it with any semblance of sanity. Ag road. I don't believe it. Well, from a big family, oh, you just need a little, you know. Yeah, but you you know, that's what Top of the Pops used to be for. You used to go into another room to watch it. Yeah, you have Top of the Pops in your 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get to 30s, it's Xanax or nothing. <laughs> So, Ructions. Ructions says she drinks as much as possible in the shortest amount of time possible. I and don't think that's exclusive to Christmas for her, I'd say. No, because I'll be honest with you, when I copied that into this, I had to actually correct. <laughs> there was a few misspellings. <laughs> so I think Russian, Ructions is well on her way <laughs> for Christmas. She is doing some deep prep there. <laughs> well, thank, thank you for contributing to the show, Ructions. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're not alone in that sentiment. And, and when you listen, I think you might be very, very surprised to hear that you did. <laughs> So next one is Mary. Uh, in our in my family, our tradition is usually an argument. Usually we've had it by four o'clock and then we have our dinner. If it didn't happen, I'd miss it. Mary, I <laughs> I totally understand that. Yeah, I, I love a good. It always starts. Everyone's so delighted to see each other. At the yard. Yeah. And it's an hour tops. 
<laughs> like you're, it's literally an air top. You're like, I wish this fucker would go back home. <laughs> oh, you don't mean that. That's like, horrible. No, that, <laughs> that's horrible. That's exactly the way Christmas goes. I've been here for more than an we hour. Are, but if we get on. <laughs> we do. We do. We get on so well. Like I, I come from a house. It's not just for the cameras. <laughs> I come from a house though where we were the family that were visited. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's hard going because you're you're at the whim of of when they want to go home. Yeah. Yeah, like and so, like sometimes you can just no, you just clean <laughs> you're up around them. For your dinner, like you're just getting ready for the dinner, and then it's like ding dong. You're like who? <laughs> oh yeah, could this possibly be? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then slowly the turkey's drying out. Yeah, you're just so watching it, and you're like, oh, here oh. we go. And here I have a question: How long do you cook your turkey? <sighs> I'm gonna be honest; I've never cooked one. <gasps> I've never cooked a turkey. I can't be friends with you. Um, you know what? <laughs> I've never cooked a ham either. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, like roasting meat. I've only ever roasted a chicken. Oh no, I tell a lie. I tell a lie. A couple of years ago, I roasted, um, uh, I did a roast beef. Who are you? I know. And it was because one of my friends was in Dublin doing shows and she came over for dinner and we... And I was like, I'll do a roast. And uh, it was the first time I'd ever cooked roast beef. And I, I was kind of worried. I was like, God, if if, if she has to cancel a lot of shows because I've given her food poison, I could be in trouble here. I have two words but, for you. Meat thermometer. <laughs> I got one after that. It's amazing. I got one after it that. Takes all the tragedy out of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Although there's not as much fun in the Jeopardy, but I'm just saying. Yeah. No, but I'm telling when you. two hours later and you're slapping them in the hand going, how do you feel? Yeah, I remember my mother in that practically getting up in the middle of the night to put the turkey on. And it doesn't bear thinking about because I no. literally to cook my thir- turkey like you do a chicken. You do it on poundage of weight. And the first year I did it, she was so horrified when I told her I was literally, I took it out of the oven for an hour or took it out of the fridge for an hour before just to let it come up to room temperature. And I put it in for maybe two and a half, three hours. And she was completely Shocked, she thought we we're all going to be dead by the end of the week, and uh, yeah. Why? What was the weight? Was there an old, no, older way to do it? No, it, it, they used to cook them all night. <laughs> it was just because it was such a big bird. They never that. It, it, you were just so afraid of of getting sick because you could have. Okay, yeah. You know, and uh, but actually, then they realised it was just a slightly bigger bird. You didn't need to. <laughs> You didn't need to cook it for like 20. How does the whole generation of people not draw the line between a chicken and a turkey? Uh, well, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't make any sense now, but it, it, that's just the way it was. Get it up to room temperature. Don't be messing about. And let it rest. I let it rest for about three hours afterwards. When it's cooked? Yeah. I put a I put a big towel over the. Well, I put a cover with foil and then I put a big towel over it and it keeps it just as hot and it's gorgeous. That's my dad's favourite thing about Christmas. He does all the meat. Oh. I sometimes think he would have, you know, loved to have been a butcher. Yeah, maybe so. Or a serial killer. You mean, I was just going to say, clearly <laughs> yeah. not just the cooking, it's he obviously the, the killing. Yeah, it's like, um, he also makes his own stuffing, mm-hmm. which uh, he has, there's a like family Family recipe. recipe. Yeah. Has he passed it down to you? Well, I think he's improved it because my granny used to make it and honestly, it's, <laughs> I've never tasted anything that tastes more like Paxo, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so you want to read out Jonathan's one? Is the next one. Jonathan, uh, Christmas tradition for your pod. So I have seven bratty nieces and nephews ranging from one to 13 that I have to entertain every Christmas. One particular Christmas Eve to distract one from having a tantrum, I said, there's no time for crying. You haven't slapped the turkey a major Christmas wish yet. <laughs> Jonathan, you are now my new best friend. Go on. <laughs> he, was, 
He was so puzzled by this bizarre concept that I had just made up. He immediately stopped crying. I proceeded to take the whole uncooked and I think covered in cling film turkey out of the fridge as four toddlers queued up <laughs> to slap it and make a wish and a yearly tradition was born. <laughs> I, I think there's a couple of things that are my favourite thing in that, but one is in brackets, and I think covered in cling film. There's not a mission that fucking chicken. <laughs> no, that no, bird no. was not. It wasn't covered in cling covered film. Covered in cling yeah, film. He's, he's, but you're just covering your faces here. Now. He put that in so he's not criticised. It's okay. <laughs> All the children had salmonella on their hands that way. Seven nieces <laughs> and nephews. What a clever thing, Jonathan. That is fantastic. Se- that's a lot. Bratty you know, nieces. I saw a tweet during the week and I thought it was really, really brilliant. There should be tax relief on couples or, well, no, individuals that don't have kids, don't have kids that have to buy for nieces and nephews. You should get tax relief. <laughs> I absolutely agree with it. Lisa, um, we used to go carol singing and me and my sisters love a bit of singing. <laughs> Right. So, but we can't do it anymore as we knocked on the door when we were a bit worse for wear and started to get into a fight about the harmonies <laughs> and the neighbour threatened to call the guards. <laughs> what a legend. Lisa, right up there with Jonathan. Yeah. Right up there. I know. Do you know what? <laughs> this idea of coming home from the pub and going, we're going to knock in and go Carolyn. I like that mentality is absolutely incredible. Oh, it's like. It's, it's biblical. It's a community service. It's like when Mary Magdalene and uh, <laughs> and Mary Christ were Mary coming Christ. home <laughs> and they rolled back the stone. for like That's the one thing in the Bible that was never explained. What? Why did they roll back the stone? They rolled back the stone because... Because they were out and they were like, oh, he's dead. Let's go have another look at him. So they rolled back the stone? <laughs> Lisa, that's fantastic. It seems a shame that you're not able to do it. Maybe if you I have to, to fight know what before song. you leave. I think, I think Lisa needs it's to tell It's probably a holy night. <laughs> course it was. No, if you're going Carolyn, you're you're definitely, you know, singing Rudolph and everything. And Ding Dong Merrily on High. And, um, you know, well, so I'm dreaming of a Do you remember that used to happen sometimes where you, you, the doorbell would go and you'd open the door and it'd be just one kid in a tracksuit. Yeah. Glaring at you and then he starts to sing, I'm dreaming. Away away in a (laughs) major. Go home. <laughs> my, my dad used to say, I'll, I'll let the dog out. <laughs> like, wow, Christmas spirit. And so I, well done. All right, right there, right there is where I re- realise where you got it from. <laughs> Just didn't lick it off the stones. <laughs> okay. Ashling. Uh, my mom makes the pudding and I still go over to stir it and make a wish and I wouldn't miss it for the world. Oh, that Ashen. is lovely. That is really lovely. And actually, uh, you know, I think we all did that when we were young. You know, well, maybe not you, but we did. <laughs> we did. And, and actually, we loved it. And, and there used to be, sometimes you'd put a, like money in it. Yeah. What's your problem? I never understood why people did this. It, it, it was a one way, like... It's like always a choking seen, hazard. Yeah, it was like if you want to kill a kid, here's a good way to start. Well, no offense, but when I was young, not a lot of kids ate pudding. True. We did not. I don't think we had pudding when we were a kid. I think my aunt used to make pudding. For we, us, but I we don't did. think we ever. Yeah, because I make it now. Yeah, you love pudding, do you? I, oh, I love. You're pudding. a real pudding boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you put nuts in or not? Uh, Sometimes. No, I didn't put it in last year. No. Yeah, my husband's not mad about nuts in the in the pudding. So it's kind of, it's, it surprised me how 
much of an opinion he had on it. You know, I, I, I. Now, was that what you really mean? Me? <laughs> no, I was surprised, really. Uh, although, why should I say that considering the opinions I have? Was like, but, the, uh, <laughs> but. Was that opinion expressed before or after you made a pudding with nuts in it? Well, to be fair, I've never made pudding. I've never, You've made, never made a pudding. No, I've never made a pudding because, uh, well, because it's not. I like pudding, but I, I'm. Other people around me like to make it, so I, I let them. <laughs> I love the, what I used to love was, you know, the rattle of the um, pot when you're boiling the pudding, the, oh. the pot rattles. I always think that was really You cute. know, if you were boiling a ham, you'd get the same feeling. I got into trouble then a couple of years ago because um, I <laughs> took a video of the pot on the cooker rattling. <laughs> and <laughs> Why did you get And I posted and said, oh, finally found a way to calm the cat down. Oh. <laughs> People went mad. <laughs> People have, have people have opinions. <laughs> we have a problem. Oh, we have a problem. We have problem. a problem. We have a problem. Okay. Uh, the problem is from James. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is an interesting one, actually. And I think we might be able to help with this because we're both from, I think, families similar to okay. what James is talking about here. Okay. Right. On Christmas Day, we all get together in my family and it's lovely. And there is something that happens that drives me insane. And honestly, I don't feel I'll be able to handle it well this year. Oh. I don't know how it starts, but it's like the conversation turns to people taking the piss out of each other and constantly telling embarrassing stories, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine when it's not you. <laughs> I know. A nerve has been hit <laughs> on the cavernous side of the table. <laughs> and telling embarrassing stories, which is fine. But it just goes on and on and it really grinds me down. I don't even know how to approach it. What do you think? Or have either of you been in that situation before? <laughs> I'm never not <laughs> in that situation. I'm never not in that situation. Honestly, in my house, the dinner table is sacred, right? We go around the dinner table and it is true for it that no partner enters our lives for permanency unless they survive the dinner table. Good God, that's a good no, it isn't. It's wonderful. You'd love a road. The banter is ferocious. Now you don't have to be brilliant at the banter, and if you some be, some of them are not as you know interactive as others, they just find it funny. And the, but they they don't take it personal. No, that's not true. Everybody takes something personal from at home, and then they sit and of course they're they just, sit they're on destroyed. it for about a week. How was your <laughs> How was your first meal with the Kavanaghs? I'll tell you in a week when I'm recovered. <laughs> now, to be fair, they won't necessarily get the curve on the first day, but. You know what it's like. You're a lot of people at the table. If we're all together, you're looking at, I'm trying to do it quickly in my head, you're looking at 14, 16 people at a table. That's a lot of people with partners. That's not including the kids necessarily. But, you know, you're talking about 16 people all having the crack. Absolute nightmare in the sense of we just no safety catches on whatsoever. And my mother is absolutely fantastic. She tells the best stories. And sometimes you're sitting there going, oh, I know where this is going. Please don't go there. Please, please. And when she brings the ex-boyfriends in, it's like, really, really? Luckily, my husband is equally uh, 
involved in the banter and in the reason she she went through the whole family telling them what we all she thought of us all because she was so pleased to see us all she lost the run of herself and told my husband that he was the favourite and then he told me she told me that I I was looking to be married to the favourite so we just leave that there <laughs> But, wow! Yeah, no, but it was really I fun. Feel like we, I feel it was like really I fun. should be friends with your mom. You'd love her. You'd love her. My mom is amazing. But actually, you know, it, there's a whole gang of us, right? A whole gang of us. And if you don't survive that, then you don't know who we are as people. It's it's so, <laughs> it's so intrinsic of who we are that you know, essentially, you can't really be part of the family unless you survive. It. Well, I like. I think I would be more in James's camp. In the sense that I come from a family that's like that, mm. but the, it's the girls that are like that. So it's the oh, it's a boy girl thing. Yeah, it is a boy girl thing. I think. And I w- to be fair, I was like reared. I was reared in the house of girls. The house of girls. Yeah. yeah. So. And it's me. There's me and my brother who are like the quiet ones. We barely know each other because the girls have never stopped talking. <laughs> <laughs> now. I don't believe that for one minute. I swear to God, Girl, we, are the, we are the real quiet ones in the family. Wow. It's bizarre. But, and I do find that, <laughs> I think that one of the reasons it goes like that, that everybody like just mm. goes and bananas. And this is fr- from somebody on the sideline. Mm. I think the reason it goes like that is there's a whole load of people that are all in the one conversation. So it's loud. Yes. And the, and you can't really have a conversation because everyone's almost like performing because you're like being yeah. loud to be heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's where it leads to like people taking the piss out of each other. Mm. I think that's why that happens. Yeah. So that's, that's I think that's my insight, James. Yeah, I know. I get that. I it don't does. know how to make it stop though. No, well, actually, I have a I have a tip. Okay. I have a top tip, James. You see, the thing about it is it's all about distraction. So, ha, 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 ha. What about the time you? Oh. That's not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say push over a high chair or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get the U-log out. Something. something. <laughs> say Distra- oh, okay. holy night. Well, I, what I was Just thinking. divert the conversation elsewhere. Away from, okay, yeah. Uh, that's the only thing that, can, that will work in that situation. And if you c- can kind of set the zeitgeist elsewhere. Sometimes it's like a juggernaut. You just have to take it. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know that, and it comes in themes. We know it. We know it. You know, the thing that I always used to love about our dinner table is every week my mother would cook the most amazing food and we would cook it together quite often, three course meals and all the way through it we would discuss the diet we were starting the next day. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's just themes of things, you know, and it just is the way it is. Big families are just like that. And if your energy is to banter, then the only defence is to distract, deflect by going, ah, oh, that's gas, move that on. It's very hard when yeah. you're not feeling 100%. Obviously, it's, James, you're a little bit struggling. But, you know, it, it's like, you know, if it's if it's really annoying you, the chances are it's something that maybe you feel a bit sensitive about. So I would say, mm. I'd say there's two things that you could try, right? Okay, go on. One of them is, I think, if you load up your arsenal with things that you can say to yeah. distract. Like, did you see the story about the blah? Yeah. You know, so it's like conversation about the you know, about the news or things that are going on, right? Yeah, distracted. Yes, because it pulls it out of what's going on around the room. But the other thing is, if you can try and start a conversation with one person, I think if you do that at the table. It dispels it. It kind of dilutes it a little bit because what happens is then it it takes the whole uh, volume of the thing down. Uh So then everyone gets, maybe gets into a little group. So 
I think that's always worth trying. I've done that a couple of times. Okay, so, uh, but I will say this, James, right? The thing is, Generally, when people are telling stories like that, they're just deflecting from themselves. So yeah. <laughs> it's, they, it's more about how they feel rather than about what they think of you. Exactly. <laughs> and James, you seem like an absolutely lovely person. Yeah. I think you've got your head screwed on. Mm. Like when you needed help, you contacted us. And that's, yeah, that's, maybe. <laughs> that's exactly what you should be doing. Yeah, very sensible. <laughs> We're stopping for a moment to remind you that we are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Uh, you see, I've been practicing that. Um, if you would like to support the show, you can pledge as little as five euro a month and in return you will get bonus content and private messages if you send extra money from us and from all the other shows on the Headstuff Podcast Network. And we want to tell you about one of them, the Bootsy Boys Blackbird. It's a new show and actually it is uh, hilarious. It's kind of... You know, Bootsy Boys, they, they've tapped into the vibe of Michael Flatley's thriller, Blackbird. Do you see what I did there? Yeah, Do you they see really, it? well done, Neve. That was pretty spectacular. <laughs> Do you that like was pretty that? Spectacular. Do you see what I did? I, I could have been in that. Michael Flatley will probably, he will probably be delighted with your endorsement of this because oh. he has probably has spent his whole life trying to just live up because you created him. I did. You're, you're the reason for Michael Flatley. I did, to be fair, roots and all. I did. <laughs> I did. I gave him life. Well, I gave him. I gave him an opportunity. For <laughs> you life. gave him a spot. You gave him a spot, and then you just stood there glaring at him, <laughs> side stage, waiting to go on to present. Who won that year? Um, Paul and Charlie. Ah, uh, rock and roll kids, rock waiting roll to kids. present the rock and roll kids with their trophy. That's right. While Michael was on the satin, hammering away, lashing across the stage. Now, to be fair, he wasn't on his own in that. The he wasn't on his Gene own. Butler. Gene Butler. Yeah, um, everything he did. She did backwards and in heels. Yes. Who's the better there? Okay. So anyway, they have done this wonderful show and you really should have a listen. At the dawn of the 21st century, the Michael Flatley wrote, produced, starred in and shot, but refuses to release his film Blackbird, an action-packed remake of Casablanca for the modern age. Well, we got tired of waiting. Look out, Blackbird! It's the Nazis! Start by shooting the orphans. So much death. Need to help, though. But I can't go back. I have a long night ahead of me. Looking for something worth dying for? Blackbird! Dancing hot sex man adventure romance. <laughs> he will kick several Nazis and get in your pants. Chin kicks, you Nazi fucks! He's got two guns. <laughs> Looks young for his age. <laughs> He's the fucking Blackbird! Listen to the Bootsy Boys, Michael Flatley's Blackbird. Coming soon to the Headstuff Podcast Network. I, I mean, I think we've helped, Neve. We think? have. I think I think we definitely have covered that talk really well. It feels it feels a little bit like we've definitely learned a little bit more about ourselves than that. A lot more than was intended. Yes, I, I know. Imagine. I never um, knew about the Yule Log situation and Oh Holy Night. So uh, that's that's a whole yeah. moment. Yeah, I'll never let that down. No. Unless then you're a bad influence on your brother. <gasps> Do we not live for that? That's exactly. It's I like, well, at last. <laughs> Our relationship's finally where it should be. <laughs> Have a happy Christmas. Oh, and a wonderful Christmas to you. And I hope Santi comes. Oh, well. And listeners will be back. Uh, we won't abandon you. No, come the on. The Monday after Christmas, we will also have a new episode because we know you'll be ripping your hair out. If these mm. letters are anything to go by, I there's know. a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of darkness going on in our <laughs> listeners. 
we need to be the light, Neve. We do. We need to lead them into the light. We will. Well, listen, have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, we're going to go out with uh, Groad singing A Holy Night. Divine. <laughs> Divine. But it was, do you know what it was? It just kept going up and up. I'm like, Jesus, would you not fuck? Just leave it wherever it is. <laughs> you can, you can. Up and up. <laughs> Listen, you need to go home and lie down. And the hiss of an inhaler at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.